On today's episode of the Success Trails Podcast, I'm bringing you the best of from 2020. And 2020 was our first year with the Success Trails Podcast. So thank you to each and every one of you that listened and downloaded. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And if you can, please share for this upcoming year. As we start 2021, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to look back at 2020 and share with you some of my favorite clips and advice from this past season of the podcast. So sit back and enjoy. Here we go, the best of 2020. You're living in a dream world, right? Most entrepreneurs dream. I dream all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm usually two steps ahead of where I need to be. My business coach brings me back. He reins me back in and says, okay, you're two or three steps ahead of the next step. Here's where do this first. Before you start worrying about this. Then you'll get to that. Like, you know, I know the destination, but what's my path? The second thing that I would encourage people to consider is do not compete on price. We touched on this earlier. You'll get skinned alive. Everybody, there's always somebody who can do something cheaper. So you've got to compete on value. And that looks different depending on the business that you're in. Yeah, I think everyone nowadays with the Walmarts of the world and Amazon, everyone always looks for, well, I just got to make it cheaper. And that's a slippery slope because then the next guy goes lower than you and the next guy goes lower than him. And before you know it, you're all at the bottom and all out of business. Um, uh, you want to be in an area that has a lot of well-educated, affluent customers who like to exercise, who might belong to a gym, who might shop at Apple or Lululemon. So you want to just make sure you have a lot of people and the right type of person. So that's the P. Um, the other P I mentioned is also parking. You want to make sure that if you're going to choose a site, at least in the suburbs, that you have adequate parking. Make sure at lunchtime there is parking for your for your guests. Um, you don't want to make it inconvenient for them to have to park across the street and come into your location. Uh, the A stands for accessibility. You want to make sure that your location is very easy to access. You can take a left turn in. You can take a left turn out. You don't want there to be a median or any any strange curb cuts in the road to make it challenging to get in and out of your space. The V stands for visibility. You want your location to be highly visible. Preferably, you want to be on a corner. You want to be on an end cap. You want two sides of glass. You want two signs on each side you want to have signage on the on the pole sign or the pylon sign as well visibility is critical to the success of a location and the e uh, might be a little less tangible something you just can't necessarily put your finger on it stands for energy you want to make sure that there are there's people walking around that there's energy there's excitement that it's your customer uh, there's nothing worse than going into and a new development, and there's just no traffic there yet. You're trying to be a pioneer because you think someday it's going to be great, but today there's just no energy. So you really need all five of those things. You can't just you can't just hope that three of those things exist. You need to make sure that all five of those exist before you choose your location. And I think that's something great for those of you listening. Uh, definitely a point where you want to get out that notebook and write that down. I think that's a great acronym. Again, that's PAVE, P-A-V-E. 
Um, how about anything else, Dave, in terms of, uh, you know, how about when negotiating price or what should you look for? That's always a tough thing for people. Yeah, sure. A lot of people, you know, overlook a lot of different of the terms and details in the lease. Certainly the rent factor is critical. Um, so another thing that Subway taught me, and they taught me many things, uh, Fred DeLuca, once again, the first two words out of your mouth, anytime any broker quotes you a rent, whether you're buying a house or you're buying a car or you're buying a boat, it doesn't matter what it is, or you're buying a watch, I don't care what it is, the first two words out of your mouth should be, sounds high. And what that does is it puts the broker on the defensive, and they will either defend their property and tell you how great it is and how fair that rent is that he just quoted you, and it's not really high, or they're going to say, well, it's negotiable. And right away, he's already come off of that figure, and you've already saved yourself some money just by saying those two great words. So say that again, just as simple as saying... Sounds high. That's it. That's it. Nothing fancy, nothing you have to read a bunch of books. Well, I can do better. Well, then then great. You know, so then then you're already you've already helped yourself with regards to the rent. Obviously, you want to make sure you look at the rent increases. A lot of landlords might quote a five percent increase each year on the rent. And you might say, Oh, what's five percent? But five percent, you add that up year over year over year, and you compound that. Now, whether we fill that interview times or not, it's another story. But we have about, I think, three hours or two hours of interview slots open for managers and a trainer that was trained in interviewing. So, again, we're being proactive and we're always interviewing whether we need someone or not because it's, uh, you know, you're pretty athletic. I, I grew up playing football, wrestling, right? I've been in a, like great teams are always scouting for the next superstar. So guess what? We're going to interview if we, even if we don't need a host or a server or a bartender and we get somebody who comes in and knocks our socks off, guess what? We're going to find a spot on the team for them. And the person who we hired a year ago, who used to be the A plus, guess what? That person's the new C because this, you know, this other one's on the starting lineup. And they either want something's going to happen. Either either that C player, who the new C player that we hired a year ago, is either going to take their game up to the next level and make the starting lineup, or they're going to move out or be scheduled less or something like that. But we're always improving. In this day and age, we got to keep improving our companies. So that process of always interviewing, I think, is key. And the other thing that's key is we're hiring for two things. Pretty simple, right? We're hiring one thing is performance match. By that, I mean an A-plus match, our version of excellence, right? We're always hiring for that kind of performance, whether it's a cook, a bartender, a busser. We've defined excellence. We're going to hire an interview for that performance match. What Does that person's A-plus match our, person, our version of A-plus? The second thing we're hiring for is a values match. In other words, a culture match. We're not going to ask them. So we have our purpose and values as the cover sheet of the application. So right, right up front, before they even fill out the application, we're asking them to read our purpose and values and make sure they feels like something they want to be a part of before they join. 
And then when we interview them, we're going to ask them open-ended questions. We're not going to ask them if they like our values or not, because most people probably say, oh, yeah, I need a job. I'm going to say, yes, right? We're going to ask open-ended questions about how those values might show up in their life. So a real example of that, um, to understand this better, uh, one of our values is ongoing learning and development. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. So that's an easy one for me because I ask that one all the time. So I'll just go there. Uh, I'll ask, what's what's something you did over the last six months to improve your life or improve the job you want to do? Now, if they say, I watched, you know, I uh, binge watched the Game of Thrones, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's fine, you know, yeah. but that's just not a match for our culture. I really want to, I'm looking for someone who said, I read a book, I learned um, more about how to make these special drinks or, you know, whatever it is, you know, real example, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I want to know that they're actually doing something that learning and development is something that's a value in their life because it's a value in our company. And that's the other thing. It's like, we're not, we're not judging good or bad when we're interviewing. We're discerning, okay? We're discerning whether they're a values match for our culture. They could have, profit could be their value. Making money could be their number one value, their only value in their life. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that kind of person. Guess what? That just doesn't fit here. That's okay. Go work at a different place. I don't, that's all right. You know, I'm, you're not a bad person. You know, so that that's the difference. They didn't have Zillow or all these other things where you could look and find out what other properties are going for. It just now there's readily available information that can make you know where you can inform yourself properly where you're going into negotiation. You can go and if you want to lease a space to start a business, if you want to go online, there's LoopNet. LoopNet is a commercial real estate service. You can search on it for free. We list our properties on there. Some of the properties we have for lease are for sale as well. You can find out going race in the area, what people are asking for, how much free rent they're having. We make a full circle of why adapting kind of brings pain, right? It makes you feel like uncomfort. I'm uncomfortable changing the way I do it. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. But you need that. Anytime you do do something, so we've made a lot of changes here, right? And when you go into construction phase and you're uh, remodeling and you're changing and you don't have the the space that like you used to, that's a temporary thing. If you believe in what you're doing and you love what you do and you have the talent to back it up, right? And the passion, um, this goes back to planting the seeds. It's kind of like Rome wasn't built in a day. The juicy bit is if you're going to start a business or anything for the sake of making money to buy stuff, really reevaluate why. You're going to fail. Why? You might not fail. You might be successful, but you're going to be happy. Happy because money money does not buy you happiness. I know multimillionaires, like I said, who are miserable. Isn't that why people chase your stereotypical jobs, right? I'm going to be a lawyer because I probably should and I'll make a good living, but they absolutely hate their life. It's... You cannot, money can't buy happiness. No offense to lawyers. No, no, but um, follow what you love to do. And here's the thing, you know, inherently as a human being in your gut, in your soul, that intuition, your sixth sense, when you are in your element and you're supposed to be doing what you're, you're, when you know that you're on the right path, you know.
that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. And I think it's because we just get beaten up so much day to day that it can be hard. And so I think going into meetings and maybe it's something you do first thing in the morning, but encouraging yourself and having that uh, a routine where you have to, you know, whether it's an incantation, you know, like Tony Robbins is big on or maybe it's reading something that lights you up in the morning or maybe reading your vision statement of where you're going in the next five years that really lights you on fire. But something that really in, encourages you because there's no way you can encourage other people if you aren't confident and you aren't encouraged yourself. And I struggle with this. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I've mastered this and I'm just like everything else, you know, I, I, I good some days and other days I, I'm not at it, but it's something that I realize that when I have done that, when I wake up and I just kind of give myself that pep talk and, and I feel confident my whole day goes more smoothly. I'm more productive my interactions are more productive with people. So again, I'm a big believer that some of my best ideas as a luxury agent, as my consulting business come from without, outside the industry. Can so, you give us an example? Yeah. So for example, right now, one of the things I do, if you were to interview me to, to sell your home and you had a unique property, a high end property, a luxury property, you know, and you were interviewing several agents, I'm a big believer that, a, you got to build rapport. Again, you got to be likable. So I'm going to do my due diligence on you uh, before you interview me. So I feel like I know you and your likes and your interests. You're probably going to Google me. But I want to show up differently than the competition. So when everybody else brings their, their laptop, I'm showing up with a video brochure, for example. It's got a 10-inch monitor, and it's branded nicely. And so we're... Uh, the, it allowed me to open up myself to my employees and my team. And I feel that once we started to connect better uh, and they saw that I've got faults and I've got doubts and I've got fears, but before then they just thought I was the guy who had all the answers. And once they, I started to show them that side of me, uh, things seemed to honestly just get better. You've been in business for a while. You've started multiple businesses, a, a huge key with successful business is people having the right people um, in the right seats right on the bus if you will 